The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. One of the basic functions of The History Man is to seek out days on which the course of Manx history changed dramatically and forever. Let us then consider Friday, March the 16th, 1867. This was the day long overdue and eagerly anticipated by the Manx people that medieval government of the Isle of Man came to an abrupt end after more than four centuries. In other words, the old self-elected House of Keys was formally dissolved to make way for the democratic election of a new house a few weeks later. As ideas go, it wasn't exactly a new one. Since the start of the 19th century, there had been public disquiet about a House of Keys whose members stayed in office until they died or retired, and the rest decided who should be invited to replace them. It was a closed shop. The old Pals Act, rampant nepotism, and the perpetuation of ruling family dynasties. This is not to say that there weren't MHKs who tried to improve the lot of the Manx people under the often oppressive rule of the hereditary Lords of Man and their governors. But they just weren't democratic, and they saw no good reason to change things, and public protest made no difference to them. Then 35-year-old Henry Brougham Locke was appointed Lieutenant Governor and he was to prove to be a man who left the Isle of Man a far better place than he found it, especially in persuading the Keys that they had to change. He found them a chastened body. Two years earlier, the editor of the Isle of Man Times, James Brown, had used his columns to inveigh against their non-democratic rule, and they hauled him up before the bar of the House for contempt and breach of privilege. When Brown refused to apologise, they clapped him in the cells of Castle Russian for six months. Big mistake. There was uproar, not only in the island, but in London, where the High Court ordered his release and awarded him damages for wrongful imprisonment. This put the keys right in their place. They had been fatally undermined, and they agreed to go democratic. But not all that democratic, you understand, when you consider the island's first general election which took place over three days in the first week of April 1867. Candidates had to be substantial property owners. The constituency set-up was also a bit dodgy. As a result, 18 MHKs were country members, where the property owners lived, and in the towns where the poor lived, they had only six. Not surprisingly, there was little change in the new house, 15 members being found back in their seats. In many cases, they were returned unopposed. A factor could well have been that the people now had the vote, and they had to get used to the idea of using it in their own interests. In many cases, they might not even have known how to spell democracy. But they had a growing notion that they were the people in control of their affairs now. Things were going to move quickly from now on, even though the old order had already changed significantly. It must have been an interesting time to have been alive in the Isle of Man, especially because what I must call the run-up to general elections in the island had engendered a wholly new social phenomenon. Political meetings with candidates virtually obliged to get up on public platforms and face the electorate. These meetings were packed and often even riotous and noisy affairs, largely because few people were quite sure what form they should take. It became the norm for a police officer to be on hand in case of trouble. The voice of the people was being heard loud and clear for the first time. 
Looking at the results of the Isle of Man general election of April 1867, you might think little had changed in Manxland. But oh yes, it had.